Hello everyone, uh, this is Terrence Brown, and these are the Brownie Points. Um, like I said, to um, commemorate and celebrate um, some of our African American history um, people and people of influence and people who have um, made a huge contribution to the mobility and the rising of African American people, um, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Madam C.J. Walker. Um, she was an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, as well as um, a social political activist um, in her community. Um, one of the things that um, she was um, probably most notably successful in was business. Um, she was one of the first um, African-American women to be in business, um, created um, what we would call today, I guess, the the straightener or a hot comb for black people um, to straighten their hair. Um, probably one of the most significant inventions um, for African-Americans. Um, and also notable, um, she was an extremely successful businesswoman um, who was one of the first African-American women to ever be a millionaire. Um, and for those that um, are entrepreneurs and those who um, seek to invent and to create, um, I think that's an inspiration to not just um, people, but um, also just women in general, women empowerment, African-American women empowerment, um, to see that somebody had created something of their own accord and being able to uh, present it to the world and it be successful and um, she made money doing that. Um, so for this episode, um, for episode seven, I'd like to dedicate this to Madam C.J. Walker. Um, real name is Sarah Breedlove. These are the brownie points. All right, you guys. Um, good evening. Um, I am your host today, Terrence Brown. Um, and these are the brownie points. Um, so today's topic... Um, it's a philosophical topic, I guess you want to say, um, just because of where it branches from. So I'm calling this episode The Art of War. Um, the reason why I am talking about this in regards to uh, war and the art of it is I think we are always fighting battles. We are always victorious in some of them. We are also all are we are also defeated in some of them. Some battles we are stalemate in and some battles um, we prove to be victorious in um, given our plans to execute and the things that we do. Um, so I think it's only fitting to have a quote by Sun Tzu uh, who wrote the book, The Art of War, um, one of my favorite books. Um, it was given to me by one of my college professors. Um, because I wrote an essay about bravery and um, in regards to the philosophy behind it and the things that we do as um, people. Um, and it was a book that was gifted to me because some of the points that I made he thought was relevant to the book, um, The Art of War. So I'm gonna give you a couple of quotes from that book, particularly um, by Sun Tzu. All war is based on deception. The supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. The good fighters of old first put themselves beyond the possibility of defeat and then waited for an opportunity of defeating the enemy. Opportunities multiply as they are seized. 
know yourself, know the enemy, and thousands of battles and thousands of victories. A leader leads by example, not by force. Pretend inferiority and encourage his, his arrogance. Can you imagine what or can you imagine what would do what I would do if I could do all I can? The opportunity to secure ourselves against defeat lies in our own hands, but the opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. And so that's just an excerpt of different quotes from that book that I think are going to be significant in this topic today um, in the art of war. So the first brownie point that I want to discuss is the battle within. Um, I think it's significant in our lives today and how we um, approach our lives and how we contemplate the things that we want in our lives. There's always a battle within within us. There's always a, always a battle inside of us that we have to either come out victorious in or we are defeated by. Um, one of the first battles that I think people of all walks of life have to go through is the battle of complacency. And I say complacency because we all get to places in our life where we feel in our head that we've been successful and we feel okay in the position that we're in. And we may feel like that for a while and we may do well in that situation. But as time goes on, we start to realize that we are going to want more, that there is more to be had. And that complacency starts to kind of set in because it all depends on our ambition and our willingness to to derive ourselves from that slump or kind of that stagnation and find ourselves stepping forward and um, getting up to be able to um, to rise to upward upward mobility from the situation or from the place that we may be in and we may be complacent in. Um, this goes for anything, complacency in relationships, complacency at your job, complacency in some of the bad habits you have, um, complacency in any and everything that you feel you can do better in. So when I talk about the battle within and I talk about one of the things that I believe people to kind of have a camaraderie with in regards to um, where they want to settle is their complacency to settle for things when they can have far more or far better than what they are at today. So in saying that, one of the battles that we have to fight on a regular basis is not settling for things because we are comfortable in them. Success is not a comfortable thing because success alludes to the fact that you have to work extremely hard and you have to be diligent in doing some of the things that make you uncomfortable. But sometimes you have to make yourself uncomfortable in order to be able to push on. There is no push without pull, just as there is no pull without the push. There are, there are going to be forces 
that are going to press against you in the hopes that you either become complacent or you become stalemate or you become defeated. And in those cases and in all of them, it's you as the deciding factor in any of them. You decide if you're victorious. You decide if you move. You decide if you are stalemate. You decide if you want to be able to fight and press on. In all of those things and in our complacencies, we are the deciders of how our present, how our future, and how our predecessors look at us in regards to what we have done, what we are willing to do, and how far we're willing to go and how far we're willing to work to see something better for ourselves. So one of the battles within is complacency. Never be comfortable in anything you do. Always seek more. Always plan and prepare to battle for more. Always find yourself ambitious and goal-oriented in everything that you do. And if you find yourself in that realm, you're going to be victorious every single time. Even if it doesn't pan out in the way that you're you're wanting it to. It's like a, think of a fight. Think of either MMA or boxing. One of the key things is not your technique and how you jab. It's not your technique and how you move your head defensively. It's not in your footwork necessarily, but one of the one of the most crucial things in fighting, MMA, boxing, any of those things is the pressure you put on your opponent. And that pressure means that you have to move forward. That means you're probably going to take some hits. That means you're probably going to get a little more tired. You're going to have to work a little harder to maintain that stamina. But guess what? The pressure is no longer on you because you're the one that is applying the pressure. It's on your it's on what you're looking at. It's on what you're in pursuit of. It's on the enemy, quote unquote. Um, and the enemy is your complacency to not do things. So if you put pressure on the things that you want to do and you make yourself uncomfortable in those things that you want to do, then it no longer becomes an issue of complacency. It becomes an issue of how far can I press forward? How much of this can I take? Where is my limit? Because at the end of the day, there is no limit to what you can do. The limit is the things that you place upon yourself. And those are all conditional because those are things that you decide and it's not because of your ability or lack thereof. It is because of where you want to stop. And in my head and in the way that I navigate my life, I am as I'm an extremely focused person. And I've always believed that my focus and my focal point in regards to the reference of things that I would like to do in my life. There are no limitations to that. It's where I decide to draw the line at. And for me. I don't draw the line. I surpass it. I jump over it. I hop over it. 
I exceed the expectations of others and I exceed the expectations of myself. And that's how you defeat whatever enemies or whatever things that are forced against you when you were talking about this battle within us to be able to defeat complacency. And you have to always realize for yourself that you were not placed in the purpose and in this world to be a person that is comfortable where you are at. Nobody is truly comfortable where they are at. You can be a millionaire. You could be a billionaire. You shouldn't be comfortable in that. There's always more to life and there's always more to be had because in the human condition and in the psychology of it all, our mind is looking for possibilities and opportunities. They're not looking for places to be comfortable. And you have to under. All right. Sorry about that. Um, was interrupted a little bit. Um, but back to what I was saying. Um, so the battle within. Um, so we're talking about complacency as one of the battles within. Um, just know that your limitations and the things that you conjure up in your mind are only limited by you. There are there are infinite ways and possibilities and opportunities that you are able to seek if you seek them out and you keep pushing forward. So always remember that. Um, and that's going to be one of my brownie points is never limit yourself to the things that you believe are finite because there is infinite ways, infinite possibilities, infinite things, pathways, or what have you that you can pursue and be victorious in them. And that is a battle within that we have to understand for ourselves. I think another battle within that is pretty prevalent to any and everybody that exists insecurity. I think insecurity plagues all of us and nobody is exempt from it. And for me, I mean, one, I'm just going to be transparent with you. Um, one of my insecurities is how I look, I guess I'm like kind of fat. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, I'm not fat, but like, I'm kind of chunky, but it is what it is. Um, but it's one of my insecurities and it's not an insecurity that heavily plagues who I am. It doesn't stop me from doing what I like to do. I love playing basketball and I love doing athletic things and activities. It doesn't stop me or hinder me from it, but, um, I definitely, I definitely feel conscious about it when I'm putting on clothes and I'm looking at other people put on clothes and, how they look and stuff as opposed to my body type and how I look. Um, and yeah, it's, that's one of my battles within in regards to uh, insecurity is just kind of my weight. And I think a lot of people battle with that one particularly, even if they're skinny, people have that issue. Um, if they're, you know, like my weight and everything like that. So I, I believe insecurity as a whole um, that's just an example um, that I'm giving for myself. 
um, just to be transparent with you, because we all have something that we're insecure about. And it could be, you know, something that has to do with our physicality or it can have something to do with um, our cognitive abilities. It can have to do with our intelligence, um, the way we process things. Um, it can do with our interactions and our um, our social cues, um, our social skills, um, our learning ability, any of these things that, you know, the million things that we can be insecure about in our lives. Um, it's some it's a battle that we're constantly having to fight within, and it's a constant thing. Um, one of the things that I have always been told um, just in growing up and just being who I am is that no matter how insecure you are about some of the things that you believe to be, you know, horrid or terrifying or negative or, you know, crucial about you, no matter what, you still have to live in that. You still have to be who you are. You still have to figure out the positivity in those insecurities and make them to work in your advantage and not work against you and not be to the detriment of your failure or be to the detriment of your defeat. You have to be able to learn that insecurity doesn't mean negativity. It doesn't mean to stop doing what it is that you're doing. It doesn't mean to alter who you are. Insecurity is to say that there's some things that I don't necessarily like about myself or I don't necessarily think are good attributes. But regardless of that, it shouldn't change who you are. It shouldn't change how you navigate in your life and it shouldn't dictate who you become and who you are and the things that you do. It shouldn't dictate how you feel about who you are and how you feel inside. Yes, insecurity can plague us all, and it does at certain points in our time, depending on the juncture and depending on the insecurity and how we live with it. But at the end of the day, like I said, if it's a battle within, we decide. We have the sole power to decide how we are going to live with these things, how we live in being complacent, how we live in our insecurities. Um, for me, like I said, though I am more on the big side of things, kind of thick, I like it, but <laughs> um, because I'm on that side of that insecurity and that's what kind of... Um, what kind of battle I have to battle within myself, it doesn't stop me from doing athletic activities. It doesn't hinder me in any way, shape or form in how I like to dress or in the things that I do or how I interact with people. Because at the end of the day, I'm still myself. I still do the things that I normally do and I'm okay with that. And if I really, really feel that that insecurity is making me alter myself, then there's something that I have to do with my cognition and with my thinking to alter how I feel. But outside of that, I feel great. 
I feel okay being the way that I am. And you should too. Any and everybody that feels that way about any of their insecurities never feel like you're, you've been given the short end of the stick and never feel like you have been outed on something that is different. Always think of your insecurity as something that, yes, you will have to battle, but it's not a battle that you can't win. It's not a battle that you can't be victorious in. And like I said, it's something that you have to find within yourself and it's the positivity in it. You have to find something that is going to alleviate the negativity and accentuate the positive attributes of who you are and how you go about your thinking and how you go about your life. So the next battle that I want people to understand is being insecure. Your insecurities can be made positive. Insecurities don't have to necessarily be a negative thing. It's all about how you navigate with them. It's all how you think about them. It's all about how you flourish with those things. Because if somebody would have told me like, hey, Terrence, you're too fat to play basketball. Or Terrence, you got too much weight to be trying to run around and do basketball. I would have laughed because I do that now. And I feel great doing that just because basketball is my therapy. Um, and I'm older now. So obviously the insecurity is there just for the simple fact that, you know, I hadn't always been this weight. I used to be skinnier, you know, in my 20s and in high school, of course. And I think everybody is. As you get older, it's a little harder to maintain. But at the same time, it does not distract me nor discourage me from doing the things that I love to do. And that's just it. It's just an insecurity. It's something that's in the back of my mind. Sometimes I think about it in certain situations, but at the end of the day, I make the decision to still spur on. I'm a wonderful basketball player. I'm like, I'm just a little thick with it. And that's fine. And that makes me love myself a little more. Love who you are and be comfortable in your skin and be comfortable with the fact that you're going to have some things that you don't necessarily like or necessarily agree with in regards to your insecurities. But don't be weary of it. Embrace it. Embrace who you are, because at any juncture or any point in your life, you're going to have no choice but to. And people are going to respect you and love you more because your confidence is going to be exuded in the things that you don't necessarily have going for you or necessarily in your capabilities. But the attempt in trying to be confident in them is all the better. I love seeing people who know that they're insecure about certain things still thrive and be self-aware of those things. I love that. I love to see people happy, even though society says they probably shouldn't be. I love seeing that because that lets you know right there that that battle within that everybody is wanting you to lose, you are winning. And 
you have to fight those battles on a regular basis. Not every battle that you have within you is going to be a battle that you win. Not every day. There's going to be some days you, you get defeated. There's going to be some days where you're at a stalemate. There are going to be some days where you don't even want to get up to even make an attempt to fight. But at the end of it all, as long as you are aware of your decision making in all of those situations, as long as you know, then you know that you are able to win and that you have the capability and the capacity to do battle and be victorious in some of the battles that we have within. Um, so one more battle within that I believe is prevalent. And I'm only talking about things that are prevalent to everybody. Um, and I'm just talking about them in a general basis. Um, just for the simple fact, these are battles that are fought every day. Um, one of the big battles is acceptance. Um, I say this more so, I see this more so than anything, just working with kids. Everybody is trying to do something to be accepted. Everybody is on social media doing all of these shenanigans to be accepted. Everybody is going out their way to look cool. They're making videos. They're sending, you know, tweets and quotes. They're doing these Snapchats. They're taking pictures with these filters to be accepted. And... One thing that I can tell you about that battle within, it's a simple thing. If you don't accept yourself, then how can you expect other people to accept you? It's so simple. For a long time, I used to believe that I needed a bunch of friends and I needed to have a bunch of people in my circle. And that I needed to always come off cool and calm and collected. And that I needed to exude confidence in everything that I did. I needed to look like I could do any and everything. Because I wanted to be accepted by others. And it was hard. And it plagued me. Because in those moments in time where people realized I may not be as good as I was coming off or, you know, I had some limitations in certain areas. It was embarrassing. And I was called out on it and I was humiliated and I was embarrassed because I tried to hold myself up to a standard for other people, not for myself. And so in saying that, you have to accept who you are. You have to be okay with the person that you have become, the person that you will always be, because you will never be able to live in anybody else's skin or anybody else's body except yours. And that's just it. So as I got older, I started to realize that my happiness and my pursuit of happiness and my pursuit of success and my pursuit of upward mobility was not contingent upon being accepted by anybody. 
It was contingent about it was contingent on my hard work and my diligence and my focus and my preparedness to be where I needed to be at in life. It had nothing to do with if my friends or if these acquaintances or if these strangers accepted me for who I am. Even when I get on like social media and I get on, you know, platforms like Facebook and Instagram, I see all of these pictures and all of these things that people are trying to do to to get likes and to and to have a huge following. It's stupid. It's dumb to me. And I guess we're in this age now where part of our insecurity comes from not being accepted by others. But then you also have to realize that your confidence is exuded in you being um, being acceptable for yourself. I always believe that if I'm around people who only accept me because I exude certain attributes or traits, and those are probably not the people I want to be around. I want people to ex- to accept me in my totality, in my flaws, and in my and in my in my capabilities and my abilities. I want people to be able to accept me in my entirety, in who I am, what I look like, the things I like to do, the things I don't like to do, the things that I'm good at the things I'm terrible at, the things I'm not willing to sacrifice, and the things I'm willing to compromise in. I think true acceptance comes from that. But even more so on the forefront of that is acceptance of yourself and being able to accept who you are and what you stand for. I think that is a forbidden and taboo thing of today's society. Because people rely so much on the press of a button and a like in their social media. People rely on this huge following of people that know nothing about you and don't really care about you. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, if we're going to be totally honest, I would rather have one friend for the rest of my life than to have 10 billion of them that know nothing about me that don't care about me, that know nothing of my fears and know nothing of my struggles, know nothing of how I've succeeded and pushed on and spurred on. Um, Yeah, who cares? Who cares about a like and who cares about your following? Because at the end of the day, that's not going to give you the gratification and the acceptance that you are seeking. You're only get you're only going to be gratified when you realize that you are the person that you need to accept. You are the person that you need to open the door for and welcome in. You don't have to do that for anybody else but you. And that's a battle that you have to win. You have to win that battle. That's probably one of the battles that that are that coincide with complacency and insecurity is accepting yourself, accept who you are. And I promise you, other people will accept you if they know and they are confident that they can confide in the fact that 
you exude a confidence because you've accepted who you are for everything that you are. Because if you set the expectation of acceptance for yourself, then you also set the expectation and the standard of how people should accept you and why they should. And I mean, that's real. And that's a battle that is going to be continuous in your life because there are going to be days where you don't necessarily feel it feel like accepting yourself for certain things that have happened in your life or certain situations or experiences that you have gone through. But it's all empirical. It's all in your experiences. But at the end of the day, you are who you are. And by taking just that first step and accepting that and accepting that you will never, ever be anybody else, then you're going to find yourself so much more happier and you're going to find yourself not trying to not trying to find yourself not trying to find yourself in the people that you're around but finding yourself in the things that you want to do and in the ambitions and goals that you set for yourself and that's just it so my brownie point to to allude to that point is acceptance is only key when you're finding it for yourself. Acceptance means nothing if you haven't derived it, derived to it by yourself and for yourself. So never ever be a person that is okay with conformity in that your conformity makes no difference because if you can't accept yourself then you're going to be like everybody else that's trying to find acceptance from others and you have to be the change for that be a person that finds acceptance for yourself and then you branch out you can't branch out without the roots it's like it's simple as a tree you can't make a tree without a seed in the ground and in the soil. The tree can't hold up or the foundation can't hold up of the tree if there are no roots planted in the soil. And it's the same thing for acceptance. I can't expect people out in the world and out in our society and with my friends and my acquaintances and all of these people on social media to accept me as a person if I don't accept me as a person. So you have to do some soul searching you have to go and you have to fight that battle you have to look inside of yourself and figure out all of the extraordinary things that make you who you are and you also have to figure out all of the things that you struggle with all of the things that confine you to certain places all of the things that you become weary of and you have to be okay with fighting those battles and being victorious in that. The battle within is a constant thing. And you have to be able to place the battle in your favor every single time. Otherwise, your defeat is inevitable. So my brownie point to you is don't ever back down from those battles within. Arise to the occasion. You will be victorious.
So, um, my next, my next brownie point, I guess, um, would be the war that occurs outside. And what I mean by that is the war that occurs outside of us. Um, the things we don't have control over, the things we are more or less an observation of, the things that we are spectators to, pedestrians, as you will, in regards to the things that we see and the things that are not necessarily in our control. Um, I think one of the one of my next brownie points in regards to the war outside or the things that we don't have any control over is the way that society is going to view us as people. Uh, we have no control over that. Perception and the perspective of others are solely based on that perspective that was created by that mind. So if you have a lot of people out in the world who have a perspective on something that has to do with you, we can't control how people think of us. The only thing that we can control is how we think of ourselves. Um, one of the biggest wars outside in regards to that perspective is, to me, I think it would be how we view society as a whole, uh, how we view people as a whole, how we view the things that we do and what's acceptable and what's cool and what's weird and what's not essential to us. So one of the things that I think is prevalent to that war that goes on outside is expectations. Um, expectations are subjective. Um, expectations vary from the perceptual lens and the vantage point of the person that is expecting or um, suitable in the expectation in which they want to see something happen. Um, for me, um, my expectation of society is that people are never going to understand each other because we're too we're too clouded by our own selfishness and our own um self-preservations for the things that we want and for the things that we need um and I'm talking about and I'm alluding to us as people and individuals there's too much individualism in a society that is supposed to cater to all people. The expectation is that people are selfish. They're inherently selfish because they only look to serve their own needs. And people will do any and everything for that need to be met. And they can go as far as using people, taking advantage of people, whether it be in money, finances, um, um, living situations, any of those things that come to people as just a regular thing. Um, we would rather use people for our advantage than to collaborate with people so we both win. And usually in those cases, yeah, you may get to a certain point, but at the end of the day, 
somebody is going to come and snatch that away from you. The expectation shouldn't be selfishness. It should be selflessness. Um, one of my, one of the things and ways and pathways that I've always, I've always been accustomed to in my life is always trying to do things for other people. My expectation for myself is to be selfless and to do things for other people because not only is it for their benefit, but it's for mine. And it's something that helps me to conceptualize the positivity and the goodness that I have in my heart. And it's also an expectation and a standard that I set for myself because I expect myself to be better than I was the day before. So if I helped one person today, tomorrow, the expectation is I need to double up. I need to help more people. And that's because I always try to keep a mindset of selflessness to myself. Yes, I'm sarcastic. Yes, I can be callous at times. Yes, I can be extremely stubborn. Yes, I can be very hard to read and understand at times. But that has nothing to do with my expectation for the things that I want to see in the world. I want selflessness in the world. And the only way that I can see that come to fruition is by being selfless myself and setting the expectation and the standard of the people around me to do the same. Expectations can, they can be broad, they can be simple, they can be loaded depending on the, con the contextualized meaning behind it for any given person. Um, when I think of my expectation just for being selfless, it's, it comes from a place where I come, I I've come, I've been, I've grown up in humble beginnings and I find myself, even when I was poor, when I had a little bit of something, I was still able to give. It may not have been much. It may not have been worth anything to the next person that I was giving it to. But for the simple fact that I still had the mentality to be selfless, even when I probably should have been selfish, lets me know that that positivity and that expectation was going to always be in me. And now where I have the opportunity to give a little more of myself um, and a little more of the things that I have, it makes me feel even more vindicated in doing those things. So the war out the war outside is not the war outside has to do with people being selfish all the time. But to combat that and to defeat it and to alleviate it is by being selfless in the things that you do. Helping one person with something, doing something for people. It could be anything. It could be charity. It can be philanthropy. It can be um, just a kind gesture. Um, it can be a smile. It can be something as simple as smiling at somebody. Um, selflessness um, is the the way to defeating 
the selfish nature of individuals and individualism. And it helps to alleviate some of the strain and some of the things that people have to go to and some of the heights and some of the the challenges people have to go to by just offering a hand. Um, one of the other wars and or and or battles that happen outside of us that we can't necessarily control and that we that we sometimes have to just observe just because we may not know the answer or we may not have the solution um, is how people how people struggle people's despair um you see it on the news you see it in real life you see you see homeless people you see people strung out on drugs you see people who suffer from abuse you see children that are in the foster care system you see inmates that are in prison or in jail you see people who are murdered you see people who are hurt you see people that are depressed suicidal any of these things you see it it's a it when you look at it from that scope and from that frame there's a lot of despair out in the world and some of it is self-inflicting for some of them and some of it is some people have had no choice in it but Regardless of the situation for those people, our job is not to judge them in their disparity. Our job is not to condemn them in the things that they have done to get in those places, whether they've done something in those places or whether they have not. Regardless of the fact is that we don't put enough support and love and we don't create enough opportunities for people to have redemption in their lives. And what makes me and what makes me laugh and what's ironic is that when you hear the stories of people coming from situations like that, we just are in shock and awe at the the phenomenon of people being successful in their despair and being able to climb out of their situation and do something better. Yet we condemn those same people for being in those situations and being where they are. It's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to not judge people in those situations because, you know, we are a society of what you do is, is where you will end up. Basically the things that you do is the result of where you end up and that may be true to an extent but it's not always and there's always stipulations to that there's always circumstances as to why and we never may be fulfilled in the stories that we hear in regards to that but regardless we all see the same despair out in the world and it is our it is our duty and our job to make sure that we are not plaguing the world in our judgment and that we are not plaguing our society and our condemnation of those people. 
we have to love and support those people just as we expect people to love and support us when we are in our despairs and when we are fighting our battles and we we are feeling weary in our wars um because we're not alone in our struggles we're not alone in our challenges and we're not alone in our despair the only problem or the only difference in that is that we have to understand that our comfortability in being judgmental towards other people doesn't work in our doesn't work in our humanity because at the end of the day we are we are also able and accustomed to some of those same disparities if we make decisions or if we place ourselves in predicaments that place us in those in those situations. So one of the wars and one of the brownie points that I think is pertinent to um, kind of that expectation of despair and the society that we live in where we judge people based on their despair is we need to learn to be more supportive of people. We need to learn to be more discerning of the situations that people get into. Because at the end of the day, we're never going to know the whole story of anybody. But if we don't know the whole story and we're looking at a book and we're trying to judge it based on the cover, then how can we ever contextualize the result or how can we ever feel the need for people to redeem themselves in the things that they've done if we never give them a chance to. And we always write them off as people that are going to always be stuck in their situations and be stuck in their struggles. Not everybody is like that. And on top of that, we also have to realize, too, that every struggle with every person, it takes time for some people it takes them a really long time to come at peace with their struggle and to be able to figure out how that they can get out of it. For some people, it's it's a click. It's a it's a click and they are able to do what they need to do. That's necessary for them to get out of it. But in any event, we still have to be able to support our people because it's our humanity that allows us to be empathetic towards the things that they are going through because at any given point in time what we deem to be a struggle or what we deem to be despair is also something that can be recognized in our own life and in our own experiences and in our own situations so always be cautious of how you navigate judging people based on the things that they're in and always be aware that you can be that person that supports those people you can be that ray of light that is you know shining bright through their darkness you can be you can be a hero to some of those people you just have to make yourself available not for the judgment but for the redemption for the climb for um, for the steps that they need to take to be better, though it may not be in your control, the situation that it that they're in, you do have the decision whether you want to help and assist 
or whether you want to be a bystander to their despair. Either way, you do have power over that part of it. You may not have power over the situation people are going through. You do have the power to help and assist. And you do have the power to be there and support. So that's the brownie port for that. The war outside. Always remember that you need to be selfless in the things that you're doing. And you also need to recognize that your judgment shouldn't be a, um, shouldn't be a, a negative point on other people because they're not where you are or you're not struggling in the way that they are. Because our despairs and our evils and the things and our vices as people are going to be our vices and our negative things and our negative points. But we all have them. We all have something that places us in despair, that places us in situations that are not favorable to us. But at the end of the day, we also have to understand, too, that we need to support people in getting over those things and getting over the hump. We also need to help to push people. We need to be the catalyst for people's success sometimes. Sometimes people have it in them. Sometimes we have to give a push. We have to be there for people. And that's how we alleviate the war outside. We may, we may not be able to control how it started, but we definitely can see it through. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is the art of defeat. I know that sounds kind of grim and it sounds crazy, but um, hear me out. Um, with success and with victory, you have to understand that there's also a possibility of defeat. There is a possibility that you will lose. And in some situations, the enemy will win. Um, but I think it's important to understand the art of defeat um, because there is an art form and there is a beauty to defeat. Um, one of the brownie points in regards to that, the art of defeat is how you process it. What is your protocol? What is your next steps after being defeated in something or being defeated by someone? Um, I like to use the example of, um, because I work with students, I like to use the example of grades, getting a failing grade as opposed to getting a passing grade. Um, the art of defeat in regards to a failing grade. Now, if you're working with younger students and they realize the the conceptualization of the F, the infamous F, on their report card, they realize that that means that they're a failure, that they failed to be comprehensible. They failed in the comprehension of what they were supposed to learn. They failed in doing what was necessary to get a passing grade. And that may be because they were lazy. That may be because they didn't understand that may be because of 
their capacity to learn what was going on in the class. And it also may be on the instructor or the teacher. Um, it may be on um, just the um, the lack of dimension in the instruction. Um, whatever the case may be, um, that student got a failing grade. So in the art of defeat, how do you navigate after seeing this F on your report card? And one of the things that I tell students in regards to that is it's not necessarily the the F that is defeating them. It's the fact of it, it's how they process it. It's the protocol next to it where the defeat comes because I've seen kids get F's on report cards and not care and internalize exactly what they needed to do. And they allow themselves to be successful in that. But I've also seen on the other side of things on um, with students, um, they internalize it as as an omen on who they are and they internalize it as them being, you know, terrible students. And they not only are defeated in the act of getting that grade, but they're also defeated as people in regards to their ability. Uh, let's be clear on one thing. Um, when you are defeated, it has nothing to do with your ability it has nothing to do with your capacity to be an expert at whatever it is that's going on it has nothing to do with that it has to do with the the planning it has to do with the in-depth look of strategy it has to do with the analytics the logistics of what it is that you need to do in order to not be defeated. And even in that, even if you have a foolproof plan from A to Z, you can still be defeated in that. Um, but the key to it is preparation. The key to it is readiness. The key to it is being able to know what it takes to win and to to be victorious, um, even in the even in defeat, if you know that you were one hundred percent prepared and it just didn't go your way this time, that leaves a procedure and a protocol to live by. Once you've been defeated in something or once you've failed at something, that leaves you with hope that hey, even though I was prepared and it didn't work in my favor. I just have to fine tune some things for this to be better and for the outcome to work in my favor. Um, the art of defeat is humility. There's a lot of people in the world and there's a lot of people that I talk to that have no humility. They, ha they can never be humble. They are arrogant and once that arrogance fades, they are in despair. It's never, uh, it's never a process of 
being humbled, but it's a process of me falling from gracing, hitting hard on the ground and being at my rock bottom. Now, in defeat, if you realize and you follow the point of humility, because that's going to be the brownie point for this one, um, the art of defeat is humility. Um, humility is is the the cushion. Um, it's the it's the pillow between you and your descending from where you were. Um, it it's that it's the it's the filler. It's the mattress you fall on. It's you know it's this soft point to let you know that hey, even though you've descended from the top, we're here to catch you because. You had a plan and it just didn't work out. But don't be weary of that. You didn't hurt yourself in the fall. We can still get back to where we needed to be at on top. And a lot of people don't have humility. A lot of people are arrogant. A lot of people are, you know, they think that they can do it all until all has failed. Um, and they realize that they hit that rock bottom point. But there is no cushion in between because they didn't think to be humble in the junctures or in the steps in between to getting to the top or to being victorious. Um, in the art of defeat, you have to always be humble for the little steps and for the little strides that you get in being successful. Um, that means not allowing yourself to get overly confident and overly cocky in the things that you are able to do and in the capacity and the capabilities that you are able to execute in certain situations is to say that you have been blessed with so much with so much miraculous and extraordinary abilities that you also have to understand that those things can be taken away those abilities can be taken and that those situations and those opportunities for you to be great may not appear as much if your humility is not there and that you don't understand that sometimes you do need to be defeated sometimes you knew you do need to be you need you need to be humbled by a fall or a clunk on the head for being so arrogant about certain situations you have to be that way and i think it's important for people to be humble because it lets you know that one you're not perfect and you're not you're not um infallible um it also lets you know that it also steers you in a direction of positivity and it lets you know that no matter what, if you've tried your hardest and you were diligent and you were and you were capable in those situations and those things still didn't pan out, that you still have an opportunity to have success in that situation or in those situations or predicaments that you may be in. Um, so that's the brownie point for that. The art of defeat um, is humility. And being able to realize that your flaws and some of your 
incapabilities may come into play, but that doesn't necessarily stop you from still being victorious at the end. That you have to let these things fall through and you have to let these things see themselves through in order to really and truly find yourself on the other side victorious. Um, another brownie point in the art of defeat um, in regards to being humble is also knowing knowing the things that you are unable to do um knowing your limitations in certain situations um and this is not to contradict what i said earlier um your limitations are still the things that you you know that you contemplate having limitations to and i'm a keen person um, and a true advocate of the fact of um, all there's no such thing as you can't do. I believe that humans, I believe for anybody that you are capable of any and everything. I don't believe there is a such thing as you can't do something because that is to assume that you lack the mental, the physical, or the emotional um, capability of doing something. And I don't think we lack anything as humans. I believe that there is a complacency for wanting to do things because it may require a lot more work. But I don't believe that we are incapable of anything. So um, for me to preface that, um, the next brownie point in the art of defeat is knowing your limitations in certain situations. And what I mean by limitations, because I want to define that for people, um, limitations are not necessarily the things that we can't do. Limitations are the things that we allow ourselves not to do. And that's, and, and that definition is, um, it's important to say it that way because people believe limitations are things that we can't do. That's not necessarily true at all. And that's why I preface the fact that we can do any and everything. Limitations are the things that we ourselves choose not to do or we choose not to do certain things in certain um, situations. Um that's not to say that we can't do it, but we are limiting ourselves from doing it for whatever reason we are, for whatever reason or logic or rationale that we have for not doing those things. Those are limitations. And in certain situations, we have to understand who we are and the things that we are willing to do and the things that we are reluctant to do. Um, and that's understanding your limitations in situations. Um, in the art of defeat, um, just to go back to the example of failure, um, your limitation in getting a bad grade um, or not performing as you could perform, um, it has nothing to do with your your capabilities and it has nothing to do with your capacity to learn. It has nothing to do with any of your shortcomings. It has to do with the decision making and the willingness to do something or the willingness not to do something 
based on your rationale in that situation. So if I see a kid who gets an F, it's not because they are incapable. It's because they have a rationale as to why they didn't try as hard as they could have to get a passing grade. That's the limitations. And a lot of people don't understand their limitations. A lot of people believe that limitations is things that they can't do. And that's not true. Limitations are things that we choose not to do in regards to our cognitive um, approach to what it is that we're trying to do. Um, So when we think of defeat and we think of failure and we think of the things that we weren't successful at, you have to think of it from the lens as to what we choose to want to do and what we choose not want to to not want to do. Um, Understanding being humble and knowing our limitations is going to be is going to be the juncture in which we find success. If I understand that I'm not willing to do certain things in certain situations, um, it doesn't necessarily limit me from being successful. It just means that I have to find another pathway. I have to find another route. I have to find um, I have to get creative. I have to be innovative in the things that I want to do so that my expectations are met in regards to the success that I want to see, that I want to see in regards to the, the victory in this battle. Because that's one thing about battling and that's one thing about war um, in regards to life. I'm not saying in regards to real war, but in regards to the battles that we fight in our lives. It has nothing to do with our capability or our capacity to do stuff. It has to do with our decision making and it has to do with our plans and our schematics in regards to the readiness and the prepare um, and the preparation that it takes for us to be able to be victorious. And sometimes we have to go through numerous plans to be able to figure out how we're going to be successful and how we're going to maintain that success and how we're going to be victorious and how we're going to maintain um, this victory that we've achieved. Um, and that comes from knowing knowing our limitations and also being humble in our defeat. Um, once we've figured those out, we realize that success is so much more feasible um, and it's not something that's far away from us. It's actually really close to us and we have to know that and we have to believe that defeat is not an end all to um, an end all to success, but defeat is actually the closest place to success because from that defeat, And from our humility, we learn what we need to do to rebound back to where we were. So my last thing that I kind of want to touch up on in regards to the subject of the art of war is love and war. Um, So in my last brownie point and the thing that I... 
I think is most probably significant in this whole conversation is you have to you have to almost be infatuated with being in the battle and being at war for the things that you want in your life. There has to be a sense of infatuation. There has to be a sense of obsession and there has to be a sense of love and compassion for the things that you want most in your life and the things that you are willing to go um, and the, I guess, the depths that you're willing to go through in order to achieve those things. Um, the essence of war and battle and the essence of love, um, they coincide. They coincide with each other. There has to because the the connecting point is compassion. Um, the connecting point is um, empathy and being able to understand that you as a person and us as a society, we have to be we have to have it in our hearts and in our souls and in our minds if we really truly want to achieve something then we are have to, we're going to have to get in the trenches and fight for the things that we love and fight for the things that we want in our lives and fight for the things that we need and on top of that we have to also go to war for the people that we want to be that we want to have in our lives that may be friends that may be the relationship that we're in that may be people that we haven't met yet. It may be family members, um, siblings, any of these people, you are going to find yourself battling to be with these people and to be in victory with these people, but also share in their defeat as they will share in your defeat when things don't go as scheduled or things don't go as planned. So love and war are synonymous in the fact that we're going to be fighting for something that we are overly passionate and compassionate about. Um, love is a universal thing, um, as I've as I've said time and time again, and its development and its perspective and its perceptual nature is subjective to the person that is perceiving it. Um, war is in the same likeness. Um, war is in its perceptual nature, how we perceive it. And war, our battles and our wars are subjective to us and our situations. Because for me, what I view as a struggle or a challenge is going to be completely and utterly different from what another person views as a struggle and a challenge. Um, just as love is going to be viewed different um, from the next person. Um, we have to also understand that in the importance of both that there is a silver lining in between because it gives us an opportunity to 
understand that our obsession with both with love and with the um with the art of being at war for things and being in the midst of battle to have a victorious result it comes from our innate nature to never want to settle it comes from our nature to be revered in the things that we do great at and to be recognized in all of the good things and all of the great things that we do i think that's important um we may have a lot of concerns and we may be extreme in some of in, in some of the things that that um are complex to us and we may be mystified by some of the things that are simple to us love does seem simple right but there's so much in depth to it and there's so much mystery to it and that's the thing that makes us so obsessed about it because we can't exactly pinpoint why it invigorates us and intrigues us but we also we also know that we need to have it it's the same thing with war and battling and doing all of these things in regards to our challenges and our competition and being competitive we know that there is no upward mobility unless we go out and we fight for it we know that if we're in competition with others we have to come out on top if we are battling within ourselves we have to come on out on top in order to understand who we are as people if we are battling with things that are out of our control i understand that we have to go out and support others in the unification of um finding victory in the things that we all seek in our society and for some of the things that we all view um sometimes it even comes down to you know battle from thought to thought being able to not give in to certain thoughts that may be detrimental to our situation or be um or be a hindrance on our capabilities or be um be an additive to the insecurities that hinder us from being who we are um it all falls into that and we have to be infatuated with the love of war we have to be we have to be obsessed with the fact of going to battle to be successful and to be victorious in a life that needs us to be that um and needs us to be strong in that so um in saying that um always understand your battles always understand the beauty of them in your life always um comprehend and analyze and hypothesize some of the things that go on in your life and see what things you are able to do and what battles you need to engage in in order to be better in order to find yourself 
um, in order to be the person that you are and to be trying or to be successful in what it is that you want to do as a person. Um, fight for the things that are in your control and be supportive in the things that are not. Um, and at the very least and at the very end, be gracious in your defeats and learn from them. So you are able to be victorious and be successful in them. Um, know the totality of all of your battles and wear them with pride, regardless if it's defeat, whether it's stalemate, whether you're victorious, be and exude strength and all of it and know who you are and expect more for yourself. Um, that's my last brownie point. Um, as always, I appreciate any and everybody that listens to me. Um, and like I said before, um, really understand the art of war in your life. Really and truly understand the battles that you will have to go to and go through. And also support other people in the battles that they have to go through and know that eventually you will be victorious in all of it. Um, I'm your host, Terrence Brown, and these are the Brownie Points.